0: Joshua Kids is our community outreach organization committed to the youth and families of Lorraine, Ohio. Our program has been successfully servicing the community and thousands of children for the past 30 years. Many of the children in our program are exposed to many negative things in their home lives and many times are not able to navigate through them. The goal of Joshua Kids is to equip the children in our program to not only navigate through their lives, but to have a true understanding of who they are, and transcend their environments to be able to reach back and help their families and the generations to come. Over the past 30 years, we have seen lives transformed and miraculous stories of success because of the faithfulness of our sponsors. Being able to not only financially support, but to invest time and attention and to pour into our kids has resulted in generational blessings to come from brokenness. Thank you for your faithfulness over the past 30 years of Joshua Kids and we look forward to what God will do through your partnership with this life-changing ministry.
1: After you pick up your card, we need you to keep this picture so that you can pray over this child every single day with your family and this card we need you to take and fill out all of the information while you're sitting there and before you leave today please drop this card in the foyer in a box near the letters the giant jk letters so that we can connect all the um, vital information to you their sponsor again thank you for being a blessing to our joshua kids So Joshua Kids is one of those um, things that are so so close to my heart. Um, We started it when my son Dominic was born, and we've watched it grow into a powerful ministry. One of the little clips on there was a clip of Beverly and her family and her mom and everybody sitting on the porch. Well, Beverly was here last night. We have a group of young adults meeting here twice a month and kids are coming from all over. There's guys here to like yesterday from Chardon (laughs) that came to just be in the house and pray and minister to one another. But Beverly told me last night, she's home from college. She goes to Bible school in Indiana. And she told me last night that she's starting to disciple her mom today with the purple book. And I thought, God, that's generational power you know? So when you sponsor a kid, you're not just giving money, you know, sponsoring. You're doing so much more. You're sending these children to a camp, to the church every month to learn about Jesus. And it's literally transforming lives. So thank you for those who have been faithful through the years with Joshua Kids. Um, And thank you. If you want to grab um, a card today, I just want you to raise your hand. Kevin has the girls, Armando has the boys, and so let's do this. If you want to sponsor a boy, raise your hand. All right. If you want to sponsor a girl, raise your hand. <laughs> We're just going to do it this way because I was going to have everybody come up here, but our building is so small, it's hard to do those things. Um, But we need you to keep this card, like Pastor Becca said, and in the back, this is our information that we need so that we can connect with you. Now, here's the amazing part. You all can come and meet them. I mean, there's been so many times where I've picked up my, my child and have taken them to Chipotle and taken them to Crocker Park and spent time with them at the church during Joshua Kids Camp, went to camp, you know, and ride horses with them. And you can, you can get as involved as you want. But you don't have to be. If you just want to bless them or bless us with the finances to send them to camp, we will definitely appreciate that. But it's just such a powerful way. And thank you for all of you who have taken one. Um, I know that, that you're going to be blessed because of it. So we haven't taken the offering, and I'm not going to talk much more because I feel like God's wanting to say something to us this morning, Um, but let's just pray over the offering as the guys come back. You know, it's a privilege to give into the kingdom of God. It's just a privilege. When we covenant with him, you know, we enjoy his covenant, and that's what it's all about. You know, he loves his children, and he takes care of his children. So thank you for being faithful in your tithe and your offering and for blessing the kingdom of God. Let's pray. Father, we thank you that we get to take part in the covenant that you've made for us. We don't earn it. There's nothing we can do to deserve it. God, but you came and you put yourself on the cross so that we can have this real relationship with our Father in heaven. So as we give today, it's just a sign of your love in our life, your provision in our life, your goodness, and I just thank you for it, Jesus. Thank you for the givers in here today. Thank you for meeting all of our needs. In Jesus' name, amen, amen. Thank you for giving. You can give with an envelope or do it over your phone. I think most people do that nowadays, Um, but we really, really appreciate it. So I know it's 10 to 12, and if you know me, I don't usually talk very long, um, and I don't really need to today. I feel like God is really speaking to us about revival. We were in Florida last week. It was so amazing. (laughs) It was nice. We had five grandkids with us. And their parents. Thank you, Jesus. (laughs) But it was just fun. You know, when when God fills up your soul, you just are thankful. Um, We did have to take a vacation from our vacation when we got home. We had about, what, six hours to get ready? I was kidding. (laughs) We've had a busy weekend. But I heard Ken. Did you all enjoy Ken? Isn't he powerful? He's very close to us, Adrian and I. And we've been learning a lot from him in the last couple years. Um, so I'm very grateful that he was here. I'm kind of mad that I wasn't, but very grateful. I heard him say something, and he pointed our attention to Reformation. Did you hear that? And when I heard that, I something, like, hit my, my spirit. And I, I really have been seeking the Lord ever since I heard that and said, God, show me what you're saying with reformation, because we're all hungry for revival, aren't we? We're hungry for revival, and revival's here. Like, it's it's seriously here. I feel like God is kind of holding back because he doesn't want to overwhelm us, because this revival will be stewarded well. That's what I hear. Like, it will be stewarded well, and so he's kind of Are you ready? Are you ready? Are you ready? You know, and and we're we're getting ready. We're 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 preparing ourselves. And so I was just seeking the Lord this week, and I, I feel like He's just given me a few things to share, and I hope that I hope that you'll receive it. Um You know, we read about what happened in Wilmore, Kentucky, and a lot of controversy happened because they did close the services at Asbury. And I really respect the leaders, because if you listen to their heart, they used the wisdom of the Lord and the anointing of the Holy Spirit in how to handle and steward what happened in that university. You know, I think, the, I think they said the city has about 6,000 residents. So you could imagine the infrastructure stress Colleen, you saw it firsthand, the stress on the infrastructure, and yet they wanted to honor the anointing and what God was doing in that place, and so I feel like they did it very, very well with wisdom from the Lord, but I also know that that was just the beginning, that that was just the beginning. God is doing something on earth right now, and he's doing it through this younger generation, but we are not missing out. We are stewarding it. We are responsible to steward this revival for these children. And what that looks like is understanding that revival is one piece, but we also have to look at repentance and reformation. And so today, that's what I want to talk about is revival, repentance, and reformation. Revival, what is revival? Revival is an awakening. It's a renewal of interest or attention. It's restoration to life, vigor, and strength. So it's this newness, right, that you stand up straight. You have this second wind. You have this energy and this excitement about things that maybe you've known about for a long time. Throughout history we've seen times where the Lord has poured out his spirit on the earth, on churches, on universities, prayer meetings, and groups of people and he does this to start something. It's like the initial lighting a match, right? To the fire that's happening. And, and we've seen that throughout history. It's a it starts a revolution. It starts a re- revival starts a revolution. Revolution is a sudden, radical and complete change. So we saw this in the Welsh Revival. Anybody heard about the Welsh Revival? It started in a prayer meeting of a bunch of young people. We've seen, we we know about this for from the Azusa Street Revival. You know about Azusa Street? Where it started in a little church. You know, and 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 that's really where our roots for, as church on the North Coast came from in the Pentecostal movement, right? Hallelujah. And then we hear about this Jesus people. Anybody go see the Jesus Revolution movie? I haven't seen it yet. Is it powerful? <laughs> you lived it, <laughs> Chuck. You lived it because that's where my parents got saved. You know, think about this. None of us would be sitting in this building if Jesus people didn't happen. You wouldn't be sitting here. You might be sitting in a different building. But this, this church was only because... A bunch of Jesus, hippie Jesus kids, right? (laughs) Had 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 a home group, had a life group, and they invited my mom and dad to come. Would that church still have existed? Yes, but in a different way. So these revivals give birth to something. They start something. And that's what this revival is doing. Just because Asbury stopped their services doesn't mean... This is over. We have a responsibility to steward this move of God on earth. And what will we do? There's a response to the revival. Revival is for repentance. It's for repentance. Repent means to turn. It means you were going this way. Now we're going this way. right? It means to turn. It means to change your mind. Change your mindset. The way you always thought about something, man, change it. Think, it. think about it a totally different way. And this is a change in the inner man, particularly with reference to acceptance of the will of God. That is easier said than done. Can I get an amen? Amen. <laughs> Because his will doesn't look like my will. Even when he spells it out in prophetic words, I package it up, put it inside my will, and go, oh, wow, that's amazing. Thank you, God. You're going to do this and this and this and this. He's like, uh, that's not what I meant. When are you ready to come over here, change, and sit right here in my will? Because that's what I said, and this is what I meant. Right? Right? It's the acceptance of his will. And so we repent and we say, God, do whatever you want to do. There's so much responsibility stewarding revival. Like sometimes I feel like I can't do this, right? I can't stand up here. I can't, I don't know when to say yes and when to say no and who to talk to and who to give the mic to and there's responsibility here but there's responsibility there too. You are responsible to steward this move of God that is happening on earth today. And Peter declared in Acts chapter 3, verse 19, they had just witnessed the outpouring of the Holy Spirit. And he said, so repent. Change your inner self, your old ways of thinking. Regret past sins and return to God, seek his purpose for your life, not yours. We're so busy seeking our purpose, our plans, our desires, our future. God says, seek my purpose for your life so that your sins may be wiped out, blotted out, completely erased, so that times of refreshing may come. Right? times of rest, times of refreshing. You know why? Because revival is effortless. You don't have to do anything. All we have to do is put our eyes right on Jesus, and he does it all. We stay locked in. We stay focused. We stay yielded and surrendered to him, and he does it all. Times of refreshing may come from the presence of the Lord, restoring you like a cool wind on a hot day. You know, our bodies get tired. This weekend, man, right? Right, Ashley? (laughs) We are tired. We had the marriage conference. Ashley did a funeral before that. We had um, Friday night, Saturday Saturday morning, Saturday night. Um, And then today, I was like, I've been on my couch studying for like, 12 hours straight. (laughs) Finally, I was like, okay. (laughs) And slept for a couple hours yesterday. Thank you, Jesus. Because our bodies don't cooperate, right? But my spirit, I'm so refreshed from the presence of the Lord. And that's what he wants to do with us. When real revival comes, repentance comes with it. We are broken before the Lord and we're compelled to ask for forgiveness and turn from our wrong mindsets, our sins, our wrong direction, our self will. We turn back to him. And this is why in revival services sometimes you'll you'll even hear people just confessing their sins. You're like, "Do you want to say that out loud?" Right? But it's it's the it's the power of God on hearts. You know, Dominic's father-in-law, after the Asbury started, he said he gave witness to that. He said that people were just coming up to the altar and just confessing sins out loud. And finally, he had to kind of like, all right, let's slow this down now because you have to steward that, right? But that's what the presence of, Lord, of the Lord does. It, re- it causes repentance. Revival always produces repentance. Revival's result is ultimately, like what Ken said, reformation. Reformation is to improve or amend what is wrong, corrupt or unsatisfactory, to cause a person to abandon evil ways of life or conduct, to change to a better state. Now, this is what I feel the warning is. is that if we don't get this one right, revival weakens, revival diminishes, or it stops altogether. We have to get reformation right. We have to get reformation right. We need reformation. Now, I'm not talking about Asbury. I believe, like I said, that they did a great job handling what was happening. I'm not talking about church in general. You know, that I've seen that so many times where a move of God was starting, whether it was in youth when I was a youth pastor or saw it in different services, camp meetings across the nation, you see these, you see these kindlings of revival. But then you always see this critical spirit rise up from a generation that thinks they're gonna do it right. I've been there. Right? Reformation doesn't look like that. Reformation doesn't look like, oh well, we're gonna do this right. Right? We see that. Denominations rise up and then they have their own, have their own issues, just like the one previous. <laughs> because reformation has to start here. It only, right, starts inside our hearts. That's where reformation has to start. Not in our programs, not in our meetings, not in our leaders, not by pointing fingers in criticism. Because if we do that, God, in his mercy, will withdraw his presence. He'll go, they're not ready. They're not ready. I can't leave my presence here because it'll hurt them. Right? We know what happened to Ananias and Sapphira. And God is too gracious. He's too merciful to us to allow us to try to steward something that could hurt us if we don't handle it well. Reformation has to happen in our own heart. Ephesians four twenty one and 24, it says, If you have heard Jesus and have been taught by him according to the truth that is in him, then you know how to take off your former way of life, your crumbled old self. That dark blot of a soul corrupted by deceitful desire and lust, and to take a fresh breath and to let God renew your attitude and spirit. Then you are ready to put on the new self modeled after the very likeness of God, truthful, righteous, and holy. And we do this every single day, right? We, don't, we do this every single day because we have to wake up and go, okay, the old Mary woke up with me, but she's not allowed to do this day with me. So I'm going to get on my knees and I'm just going to sit here with Jesus until he takes care of this old man And he reforms my heart. And even after I get up and I still talk smart or I'm critical or I do something stupid, his blood covers me. But when we do that, we humbly walk through our day knowing that if it's not for that blood, man, we would all be a mess, wouldn't we? And that's what Reformation has to look like in our lives. See, we need all three because all three are important to Jesus. They're important to our lives today, and we can just have revival if all we want is the crowd, right? We're really good at packing out stadiums. Just get the right worship leader in there, right? (laughs) But is that all we want? No, we want all three we want revival repentance and reformation in mark 1:15 there's a really cool picture it's so simple it's not even a you're not going to have your mind blown with the word today because jesus is just simple right he's just he's just good and in mark 1 he tells the story of revival repentance and reformation <laughs> He had just come out of the wilderness and he, was, he had just passed the test of the devil, right? In the wilderness. And what did he do? He announced the kingdom. In Mark 1.15, it says, the time is fulfilled and the kingdom of God is at hand. Repent and believe in the gospel. He said, change the way you think about how this is all going down. <laughs> That's what he said. Change the way you think. Turn this way and come with me. Follow me, because I'm about to change everything. So what is the kingdom? The kingdom is God's effective rule. It's him on the throne in your life. You know, there's this controversy. The kingdom then, the kingdom now, right? We have serious denominational splits about this. Kingdom here. That's what I want to (laughs) say, right? Kingdom here. You're on my throne. I'm not on my throne. I now belong to the kingdom. When when Eve took that apple, what did she take? She took her kingdom. She took her kingdom back, and she said, I'm on my throne. But when we are born again, we're born into a new kingdom. We're born into his kingdom where he rules and reigns. And every day while we're on our knees getting rid of that old man, we put him on the throne. And Jesus said, the kingdom of God is at hand. That word repent there, I said it before, but it's met to metanoe, and it means to change your mind and accept God's will in your life. So two verses later, Jesus starts revival. And we probably haven't seen this before, and it doesn't actually say revival, but I'm interpreting it as when he walks up to those two disciples, it was Peter and Andrew, they're fishing, they're minding their own business. Jesus walks right up to him and he says, Hey, come! With an exclamation on it. Isn't that just like revival? It's to get our attention. He's saying, Hey, I'm here. Asbury got the attention of the whole nation. With social media now, we knew about it like while it was happening. Real time, 6 hours. There's a chapel service at Asbury and they've been going for 6 hours straight. Everybody everybody in here probably knew that. It was like God was saying, "Hey, come. He's reviving his church. He's saying it's time to pay attention to what I'm doing." Because I'm doing it in Asbury, but I'm doing it in Avon Lake, I'm doing it in North Ridgeville, I'm doing it in Wickliffe, in Cleveland, in Lorraine, in Amherst, all across the Earth. He's doing it. And Jesus said, "Come, follow me, and I will send you out to fish for people."." Hallelujah. And then reformation happened for these two fishermen in the very next verse. So simple, guys. And at once, they left their nets and followed him. They left their nets and followed him. But so much more is happening in this verse. Jesus changed everything about their life. Everything. They leave their livelihoods their investments, their responsibilities, their schedule, their family. <laughs> and they followed this man for the next three years. They follow him close enough to get dirty, right, from the dust that he kicks up behind him. They follow him so close. They learned. They heard his stories. They saw him, saw him sweat blood. They saw all of the things that he would go through on the cross. They were never the same, never, ever the same. Sure, they went fishing again. Sure, they, they had normal life. Paul was a tent maker, right? I'm not telling you to quit your job, but I'm telling you to put him on your throne. Every single one of us. We have to put him on our throne. That we wake up and we go, okay, what are you doing today, God? What are you doing today? Because I'm following you. I'm doing what you're doing. I'm not doing what I want to do. I'm doing what you're doing. What are you doing with my kids? What do they need to know? What do they need to hear today? Right? We are pursuing the kingdom just like the disciples began that day as they dropped their nets to pursue the kingdom with the Messiah. And we, too, can make reformation happen in our hearts as we respond to this revival with repentance and changing our mindset. Would you come, Ashley? I didn't want to take too long with this because I believe that this requires a response from us. It requires a response from us to choose in our, li- in our hearts and in our minds to repent for the way that we've been living And I'm not talking about sin. If you have sin in your life, yes, you need to repent. (laughs) Right? But I'm talking about our mindsets, changing the way we think that we can will our future, our purpose, our desires, our motivations. It's all about him. And I know I'm radical, but I don't want anything else. Do you want anything else? Right, we don't want anything else. We want revival, we want repentance, and we want reformation. Would you stand up with me? We're going to close today, and Ashley's going to sing that song again. And it just declares God's holiness. It just declares his righteousness over all the powers, over all the authorities, over all the positions. You know, you can barely get on social media for two seconds and you see the devil glorified. Like glorified. Do you think God's going to let that happen? I want him to use me, right? I want him to use me to get the glory back from the enemy. And he wants to use all of us. And it's all a matter of how we position our hearts in revival repentance and reformation. So I'm going to invite you today. If you want to stay in your seat, stay in your seat. But if you want to come up here and get to the altar and commit to reformation in your life, then you need to do it. That's all I got to say.